House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. All right, you have fallen back into the House of Mystery, tripped by accident, because you wouldn't be here if you knew what you were thinking. And, uh, well, there's Dave across the way. Hey, Dave, you're Dave today. I'm Dave. You're Dave today. Hey, Al. I should call you Diesel. <laughs> yeah, that's my cat's name. Diesel Martini. Wow. That's yeah, Diesel Martini. There we go. There's another name. I like it. You could use that, like the, like the one we had on yesterday about the two names that she had, you know? Yeah. Diesel Martini should have been her second name. That should have been the second name. Right? That would fit, right? I, I, that's I'm, perfect. I'm going to email her and say, hey, listen. Instead of this Amanda name, that's just too soft. Get no. Diesel. Come on. Diesel. Butch, you know, come on. <laughs> that's what it's about. Um, well, we continue our progress this week, and we are speaking to another writer. And uh, today we're talking about, we're going to focus on one of her books, and the book is In the Crypt with the Candlestick. And the guest is the author, Daisy Wart, wah, Daisy Wah. Thank you for being here, Daisy. Thank you for having me here. Well, Thank you, Alice. See yeah. if you say that later. We're taking Wart again. I'm not sure yeah. I will. Like, You're going to well, Who is this Wart? Well, it's really interesting. Now, you, uh, looking through your history and kind of like your books even before this, it seems like you have a, a theme of, like, okay, you, this is part of a three comedic novel set. So maybe let's start there. What What is a com comedic or comic novel? Uh, what is it? Well, I think the main aim is, is, is to make you laugh. But I think being made to laugh is, is sometimes... Um, I, mean, no, I don't want to get pompous about it. it you know what, it's just, it, it, it's, it's an order to make you laugh. Okay, but is it like, like what kind of, so is it a serious subject that sort of has humor to it? Well, I, I've got a, okay, I will get a bit pretentious. I mean, I've got a slight theory that people, that um, comedians are often more serious than anyone, actually. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, comedy comes from, I think people who are, who don't do comedy get that it comes from often quite a sort of serious and sad place. So, um uh, and I think that's the case with most things, certainly, that make me laugh, that it, it, it's often, um, you know, it's a sort of uncomfortable and sorry state of affairs. It touches on something that's real. Yeah, and something that's uncomfortable and something that might be, you know, I mean, you know, it's like with Shakespeare's Fools or something, some, something that it's easier to say it when you make a joke than to say it seriously. There's stuff that you can't say with a dead straight face that you can say when you're coming at it sideways and making people laugh. I think there's, there's definitely an element of that. But actually, I mean, it is it's quite funny. I mean, I've written comedy and I've written uh, humorous journalism for years, and that's my that's the thing that I do. But it, it's it's it is funny because you do. Um, I I find that people get more not that that. I think things like Twitter are so humorless. I think people have sort of slightly lost the ability to understand when people are joking a little bit. And um, 
I hope that that won't last. I don't think, I don't suppose it will because these things never do. But I do think that we're sort of rushing through a slightly humorless um, period in, in history at the moment. And, and I, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. and I think, uh, you know, and, and, well, the listeners to this show definitely know that's how I do things. I, I'm always sideways and I'm always <laughs> making people laugh, hopefully. Um, but, yeah. you know, but, yeah, it's true. I agree with you totally. Uh, people are getting right. way too uptight about things and uh, and not even giving it a chance or not even trying to understand where, where others come from. So I think that's kind of – does that sort of make yeah. you careful on how you word things in your books? Uh, it actually makes me incredibly depressed, uh, to be honest. <laughs> Beyond that, it used to make me very angry, and then, and then, and actually, and I, and actually, I'm about. To, I'm just starting. I should, I should be a little bit further along with it, but I'm just starting number three at the moment of this in this trilogy of um, of murder stories, comedy murder stories, and I, and I, I've had a few. I've got a lovely in England, uh, where you know, obviously the main the main show goes on I've, I've got a lovely editor I and mean, she's she's you know she's a bit younger than me and she's she's quite uh, of another generation but she's lovely and clever and funny but I've had a few battles with her and sometimes it's just she's she's kind of fighting the corner of don't be bad taste and in the end you know it's one small author against a kind of massive machine so they generally win but um when I'm actually sitting in front of my computer I I, I at writing I sort of I do I make myself laugh? So I write it because I think it's funny. I don't. That's what comes out is the stuff that I think is funny. So, if, so the, the long answer I could have just given it. Not no is the answer. No, I'm not very careful. But but I think um, uh, occasionally, uh, as a consequence of that, uh, I, I sort of hit up against kind of modern sensibilities and and have to have a big battle about it and usually yeah. lose. Oh yeah, you always do with the publisher. I, I, I know, I, I just went through that. I'm still going through it right now with the two-book series, and uh, and I agree, yeah. you know, when they come back at you with words. Uh, I know sometimes it just, it's surprising, because like I, I'm on my 60th year, and I think that I'll just sort of say something or write something, and they go, oh, no, you can't use that yeah. word. I can't. Why? We're going to have people upset. I think ghetto was the last one that I was told, and I was mm. like, why? It, it, they were in a ghetto. No, you have to say. Because it does feel kind of random, like rally stuff. You know, you can't use yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'd never heard that before. Yeah, well, it's it should be a working class mm. or something like that neighborhood, not ghetto. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, you're right. You can't really fight that in, when you're dealing with a company that's they're, they're set out to to make money and not to cause waves, right? So that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. Even though I'm in my 54th year, in fact, I'm 54, something like that, 55th year. All that sort of stuff still comes as a sort of shock to me. But I suppose it's the luxury of being not a team player. Um, but each time it does come as a shock that there aren't. But you know that, that that we're all in this. We're all creators at various stages in the process in publishing and stuff. It comes as a massive sadness, actually. But but then again, I know that uh, you know they they you know the risks are different for all of us. But I, I'm amazed by how little people are willing to fight. That that that's what I I suppose. But I do understand that I'm a solitary author. Um, it's not my only source of income, and um, and so I can afford to, uh, you know, take risks or, or, or not care as much. But it is it is a bit depressing how little people seem to care about art. Mm. Anyway, shut up, Daisy. 
let's be more jolly about this because my lovely books come out, and it's still quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wondering with uh, you know comic timing in fiction, do you have certain techniques yeah. for that, or is that just something that uh, it comes to you more by ear? It comes with editing and editing and editing, doesn't it? I mean, it's amazing. You know, you write something and it's just not funny. You can take two words out and it comes and it works. And it's and I don't, I don't really. I mean, I don't, I know, all I know is you know when it's funny, but and you know, and, but I don't quite know. I don't know what the rule is, but I do know that there you can, you can, you can feel, you can hear when the, when one word will change everything and it will go from a really sort of deadbeat gag to, uh, to to something that's genuinely funny. So, well, in my opinion, anyway, what that makes me laugh. So, yeah. 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 No, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I, I I like that type. Um, what, what, what made you decide to write this type of book? Like, how did that come about? I think that people write what comes naturally to them in the end, don't they? I think that that was what I, it was what, it was the voice, you know, you have the voice that you have. So, you know, when people, people think they can write, they could write a, a bonk buster Jackie Collins or whoever the equivalent is, but they, but they, you know, they're writing something more high frequency. I think you write with the voice that you write with, and that's, uh, inescapable. So I, I wrote, Comedy because I wrote comedy. Actually, before that, and I've written a lot of comedy over the years in in um, in fiction and in in journalism. But there was a period I wrote three novels of historical fiction set in 1920s America in or Los Angeles actually. And um, what was I going to say about that? I've forgotten. They they weren't very funny. Oh, oh well, <laughs> Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Come on, that's all. Oh, I know what I was going to say was that, and then I, I wrote another one about um, the Triangle Factory fire in New York, another one about um, uh, the National Guard in Colorado setting fire to some striking miners in 19, I think 1913 or something. And actually that becomes rather depressing and lonely after a while, because not only you're in history, there's also quite depressing stuff and blah, 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 blah. So when I went back to writing comedy, it was very much, and contemporary comedy was very much just because writing's lonely enough as it is, but if you can write contemporary stuff and it's making you laugh, it's kind of a lot less lonely than writing about um, striking miners being set on fire in 1915. Well, yeah, so, so you're... <laughs> But you're having you're having a better time sitting at your table yeah. laughing by yourself than than you know being depressed. Yeah. I, but you, yeah. you know, so the, this, you said you this is the second book, and you're going to have a third on in this series. When you yeah. when you have a series like this, do you pre kind of plan everything? Do you know what's going to happen from beginning to the end of the third book when you're doing it? Or I'm planning it now. Paper all over the room. I'm sitting with bits, scribbled bits of papers of planning what you're supposed to know by page 20. With murders, particularly, because the, really the murder is just a hook, you know, whereas before it might have been a romantic comedy, now I just let you know murder is the reason to, for people to keep on turning the page and to make some jokes and create some crazy characters. But you have to have, you have to know who's doing it, you have to know why, all the way through, you have to know that somebody has to think that that person might be doing it or that. So there has to be endless decoys. So actually, that part of it is like doing a, like doing a crossword, incredibly planned. And then to get to, but then you lose the joy if you plan the humour and the characters as well. So it's a funny balance of you. You must, you have to know who done it and why, and who people think might have done it and why all the way through. So yeah, yeah you got to know how it's going to end, I guess, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, and also what people are thinking all the way through. You have to kind of, you have to lead them, you know, in a in a in a in a non non bossy way. You have to. 
trick them on every page, right, I think. Right, because people are so goddamn stupid yeah. that they... <laughs> no, that's a good storytelling. I'm reading a murder story. They know I, I love them, so that's, uh, you know, listeners, you know. Uh, but I, <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to go there today, but the... Um, but I find this interesting. So now when I talk to a lot who uh, are fiction writers, um, I'm, I'm always asking them what their relationship is with their characters. And that sounds like a weird question coming from a nonfiction person because how do you have a relationship with fiction? And um, what is your relationship? Because uh, I hear stories like, oh, it's like my family, it's like my friends, like they have this real thing going on. What is it for you? Oh, absolutely. I, I really, I, I really love them. And, I, and the more flawed they are, unless they're smug and priggish, and then I hate them. Otherwise, I love them all. And the more flawed they are, the better I love them. And, um, and, and I'm always quite shocked. I'm always rather disappointed when people say, gosh, I hated such and such a character. Because almost, apart from, I have, occasionally I have kind of punch bag hate figures who are just kind of goody goody smug people who I just hate and I just kind of pile all of but that's that's mucking around but, the, but everyone else and I love my murderer usually and I love I love them They're, they are my um, it is quite lonely being a writer and I think you do spend a lot of time alone with your characters and then they make they make well they make me my characters make me laugh or I think they're quite brave or I think they say things that I I wish I would say or, so yeah they're my yeah yeah, and they even some from years ago. I remember I wrote a screenplay when I was about, I was very young. I was, I don't know, years ago I wrote it. And there's, there's a one character in that, and I still kind of miss him. He, he still makes me laugh. Some of them you forget over the years. Yeah. But, um, and some of the ones that in the book that you're actually writing, they, they are definitely pals. Well, when you, when you write your characters, um, can you can you actually hear them in your head? I, I know I hear voices when I write, but uh, yeah, are you yeah. just more translating images uh, and, and symbols and stuff like that into prose? How does that work for you? No, no, no. I can hear them and see them, and I know exactly what they're doing and how they're saying it and what they're thinking. And and um, no, they're very uh, very much alive in my in my head. Absolutely, I can see where what shoes they're wearing, how they sit, and. Yeah, no, it's, it's lovely. I mean, it's, it's, so when I say writing, it's not actually it's slightly, I suppose, slightly mad, isn't it? But, it, but it's... <laughs> Crazy like me. Yeah. Yeah, are, you, are you on medication? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there are some logo areas here, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, uh, I just get, you know. Well, it, and so... Where do you, where do you draw your characters from? So, like, uh, it, they're, Obviously, very important, and they're a main part of the of the book. Um, so, where do these characters come from for you? It's quite odd, isn't it? I, I think because they come from the occasionally from the absolute the slightest encounters, and then you you and, and quite often I don't realise until quite late on. There's a, there's a woman I'm, I'm creating or not creating actually uh, at the moment. She's going to play quite a big part in this this number three. And I literally, I spent half an hour with her a year and a half ago, but somehow it, I didn't really notice it. But actually, she obviously sort of, she, um, she, 
she sort of planted a seed of a type, of a way of approaching life, of a way of responding to things. And actually, I have to say, I'm going to find it quite hard to like her, but I bet you if we speak this time next year, I will like her. At the moment, I, I think she's, she's monstrous. But anyway, so that's the answer. Yeah. Uh, just from the weirdest, slightest encounters, and then suddenly they've, they've become massive, great characters in a whole book. And then people who you spend ages with, you think, oh, they'd be interesting, maybe I could use them. Actually, I... I, I, I I don't seem to. I don't seem yeah. to. Maybe there's too much there already. Yeah, right? exactly. So there's not enough invent. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's probably. Right. Well, and yeah. So do you take people that are, are awful to you, mean to you, or rude, and kill them off in your book? Or <laughs> <laughs> I think I have done. Did I do it in the last one? No. I mean, I do take kind of petty revenge on things, or things that irritate me, or turns of phrase that annoy me, or stuff like that. Uh, um, who am I? Who am I killing off in this one? Actually, I rather like uh, one of the people who's dying, and I. <laughs> and I'm trying to think who's the other one. The other one I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I might quite like her. Oh, wait, she's quite cool. So uh, I can't. What the original question is? So I've gone off thinking about Elizabeth Taylor and somebody rather. But um, oh, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We're getting it. It's just the idea of kind of, uh, you know, um, your relationship with your characters and how, you know, and, and who you would kill off and if it affects you, if it's someone that's really... If it's someone you really like in your book, some, a character... It's I wouldn't favorite, kill them off. I wouldn't you kill just them can't, off. You can't yeah. kill them, right? Yeah. 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 In one of the American uh, trilogies, I, 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 I killed off a... Well, I, 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 there was something that was so painful in there. I, I wrote, and I, I, I well done me. I, I'm sort of glad I did it, but I, I wouldn't. I don't think. I, I don't think I want. I want. But that was a serious book, and that was more sort of supposed to make people cry. No, in these books, I don't kill off anyone I actually want to hang out with because that would be stupid, you know? especially since it's serious. <laughs> well, has a character ever done anything uh, to surprise you? Have they ever kind of gone off the rails and refused to do? you know, what you wanted them to do to, to, to progress the plot? Um, I've read that. I've heard that's happened to other people, but I have a usually, I generally have, before I start writing, a pretty, pretty clear idea of, of, of who I'm dealing with. So um, no is the answer to that. No, I, I, I keep them, I, I have a good idea of who they are, and, and, I, and I keep them, I keep them on track. You're yeah. the boss. Yeah. I'm the boss, yeah. <laughs> I'm the universe, I'm the boss, yeah. <laughs> so now, um, yeah. in this particular book, now when we're talking about the crypt and the, with the candlestick, can it stand on its Ooh. own or do you need to read the first one in the series? Oh, no, that is the first one. You've got the first one. The second one's come out in London, uh, come out in, in the UK, and the third one, I literally, is written, it's got scribbled notes all over the floor of the room I'm sitting in at the moment. That is the first one. And, yeah, they all stand alone. It's just, it's like with any of those books, you know, they're, they're more fun when you've got, I mean, this one is particular, they're all being introduced to the characters because it's new. But the, the point of it is there's characters that you like and you think, oh, yippee, let's go and, go and hang out with those guys again. Not to the writer, but the reader. So, so they should all be able to stand, stand, um, stand alone, but they're more fun if you've, if you've uh, started from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, you know more history then of what's going on with people and yeah, how they interact with each other. Yeah, um, exactly. So is there a, a subtext to the story? Do you have kind of some sort of intention or some sort of um, subject that you want to kind of get across to people, convey to someone that reads it, besides the story itself? 
I think that it, you know, I suppose so. One of the things that I find most depressing, most uh, alienating, uh, most irritating. So, I, I mean, I think everything I write always, and obviously got older and wiser as the years go by, but it's the same things that drive me mad, and that is pretension. Oh, my. Hypocrisy, cowardice. So those things, you know, all the... All the jokes are you know, pomposity. All, all the everything I write is kind of de- sort of dealing with that in one way or another, laughing or trying to reduce it or trying to. So um, uh, that that's the answer to that question. Yeah. So I do. It, it's pretension and hypocrisy and and I think I've mentioned it already. Uh, you know, people being smug and complacent and thinking that they are good people. That I cannot. Buried. So that that uh, that is the general. And so in a way, that's quite fun writing murder stories because you can actually. Yeah. 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 Now, do you, do you like to um, set your story in a particular time period? Well, these ones are contemporary, but they're set in a very, very grand, incredibly grand house in Yorkshire, like the size of a small town, eighteenth century house. Uh, and that's contemporary. And the, the previous three I actually wrote under another name, but they were also comic murder stories by a tarot, tarot reading detective, and they were also contemporary. And that, so that's the last, what's the last five books I've written have been contemporary. And then it's good fun because you can, you know, if you, I, I love writing dialogue, and you can sort of hear the way people speak, and it's, it's. Uh, so at any rate, uh, at, ta- at uh, right now, I'm very, I'm very happy writing contemporary, contemporary stuff. But, yeah. you know, who knows? Maybe I'll but, uh, but, but you're staying away from kind of modern-day um, turmoil, so to speak. Like, you're not including anything that's going on, like with, you know, um, COVID or any of that stuff, or Donald Trump. There's no, no Boris uh, Johnson flying around with hair. And... Uh, there is not, actually. But there is, a, I mean, I'm taking, I, what should I have in the last one? I mean, it's, it's quite hard, actually, because, you know, these, especially with, with publishing, things come out so much later, and things, especially in the last year and a half, have changed so madly and fast. Um, I think in this one, I, I am going to make some jokes about the way different people have responded to the last year and a half. But I, I don't, you know, it's not, uh, I, I have got very sorry, but it's not really the point. It's not a drum-beating thing. It's just a piss take. I just want to piss take. So, so I didn't start swearing. No, that's all right. Just, um, we, we get it. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's, it's fine to make comedy of that in a way. I think it's helpful. I think it need, it, rather than, you know, the drum beating, sort of speak, or, you know, putting yeah, someone down, exactly. it's, it's, it's almost better in a way to do it with a laugh because, yeah. you know, th- then people are, aren't feeling so... I don't know, separated or attacked, you know, then there's... You know, exactly, or defensive, and, yeah. yeah. And I think everyone's being pretty absurd, so it's not like it has to be a, yeah. a particular partisan, it's just... Uh, yeah. No, it is, yeah. it's hard. I mean, Dave goes to all these anti-mask rallies with his cat, and, <laughs> you know, I want My to tell refuses him. to wear a mask. Yeah, and I'm just like... Dave, I love you! <laughs> Even more than my cat, Dave! <laughs> You know, I just uh, can't win here. All right, well, let's say that's what I'm doing here in London. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah your, your cat is rallying around. Yes. <laughs> premium food here. None of this stuff. Kids <laughs> right. some bit stuff. We want some real fresh food here. That's right. Boy, I'll tell you. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So now, um, now, 
what is the basic story now that they're, they're going to get in, in the, your new book or in your old book or our new book? <laughs> Any of them. So the one you've got there, let me think. What the hell is that one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I hate that when that happens. You know, you do an interview on something and it's... The one before that was a film set. So the, the, and the one before... Oh, that one is actually because it's, it's, there are four children and there's a sort of... Uh, there's a there's this very very grand house with this vast estate and it's sort of an anachronism because it's all incredibly grand blah 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 but obviously there's the modern world outside the gates etc and there are these um, middle-aged uh, slightly hopeless aristocratic children who can't can't really cope with anything I mean they they haven't really had jobs they're all completely hopeless and there's a, a sort of mother who's desperate to escape uh, running this um, boring estate having to be polite to people all the day. And uh, so she's trying to palm it off to one of her children. Anyway, then they all start murdering each other, and and it's quite funny. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't know this. Is, so this is about the royal family. Indian <laughs> <laughs> aristocracy. Yeah. God bless them all. <laughs> that sounds familiar. I'm, uh, <laughs> I think I know this story. Um, and, well, that's so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being mean. I know stuff like that. So you're you're yeah, you know, no. who is your main character in it, and can you? How would you describe uh, your main character? So my, I guess the main, there are two main characters. The, the two kind of, actually it's an ensemble. There are lots of people coming in and out. There are two young people who inherit the house by default because the four children are incapable. And then there is the oldest son who should have inherited the house. He's called Sereg Toad. And he is kind of completely hopeless. He's kind of 50, never had a job. But he's sort of, he's very frank. He's never had to... He's never had to tailor anything about the way he behaves, so he's kind of childlike. But he's got this sort of anyway. They call him Mad Egg, but because he's because he's so frank and he's childlike. And he hooks up with a, a woman who goes to work there, whose grandmother had worked at the house as a housemaid straight up just after the war, and she's there. So it's so it, it uh, and 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 they sort of kind of muck around, not really being quite lazy and being quite stoned and not really bothering to, 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 to solve the murders with capital around them. But the point of it is, it's quite, because England is, is actually much less than it was, uh, you know, class riddle, that's got other problems now, but, but the, the point of it really is, you know, it's not the point, but one aspect of it is that they come from very different backgrounds. They used to know each other when they were tiny children because she used to go and stay with her grandmother who was the housemaid. And the, there's this element of, the both of them have this uh, lovely, ro- robust, um, utter lack of interest in in class, uh, as we all sort of imagine the English class system is. And, and so I guess that that's that should be quite nice that they just um, they they don't they just don't get it. They're just totally without that particular pretension. And yeah, they, they, and they've they, never known real yeah. life. And, well, and I love that name, Egbert. <laughs> <laughs> Egbert. His first cousin is called Egbert, and he's disinherited because his, he didn't use the the, uh, the traditional, generationally conventional C in his name. <laughs> no, there is, there, you know, that is one thing very unique that uh, North America doesn't have, is that kind of a um, royalty class, like the, the idea of names and and um, behaviors in that sense. It's, it's kind of different. Um no, I thought there was, there's a lot of snobbery on the East Coast, terrible, isn't there? But it's, it's, it's in a different way. You know, yeah. it's not like, um, it's totally based on money in a sense, where 
it's, it's not yeah, so much of a title yeah. or a name. And there's behaviors yeah. that you that you have in England and manners that are different. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's changing a bit. I mean, I think money is much speaks much, uh, much more, much louder now than it did, and and the aristocracy has lost its its glamour. Uh, quite, I think so. I may be wrong. No, um, I, yeah, I but yeah, he's like, yeah, in England, I think so. It's it's. Uh, I don't. I, but 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 things like um, you know all the sort of the in England the words that you use or you don't use, which to reveal which class you belong to. I I sort of. I don't know. My my uh, son went to uh, Eton, which you've probably heard of. It's the, this famous school. People either hate it or love blah, blah, blah. And you might also know that in England there's this thing where you mustn't say toilet. If you say toilet, it's like very, very unsmart. Well, my son went to Eton, and he and all his friends all say toilet. So I don't know what to say about that, except it's quite, it's quite weird. <laughs> I think it's just like nothing. Things, you know, doesn't. So it's so unimportant compared to yeah. everything else. I think, I think the, the different classes are getting closer together. Yeah, know, I think so. Social media. Yeah. How do you like social media nowadays? And are you totally involved with your readers and things like that? No, I sort of, I sort of hate it actually. In fact, I've just deleted. I finally deleted all my Facebook stuff. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Wow, like you just put your foot down and walked away. Yeah, you, they do this thing, they leave it there. They say, you got to, you come back and you can still keep it for another 23 days. And, you know, if you're sort of old and slightly stupid, you think, oh, my God, if I go anywhere near the computer, they're going to really like the whole thing. It's all going to come back up. I think it now is genuinely redundant and doesn't exist anymore, so that's quite good. Yeah. If, if that's true. I deleted WhatsApp, and then and then I spent quite a lot of time in Italy, and everybody communicates with each other on WhatsApp, so I had to then re, uh, re, yeah. which is quite annoying. I can't remember that. And then there's awful Twitter. It's just awful. It's just so depressing. I, who, do you guys follow Twitter? No, well, you know, I'm I'm on everything, but I very seldom have any um, interaction on there. It's all done for the show, yeah. for the books and stuff. Right, and, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Facebook, I'm sort of... Even that is pretty much just about down to the show and stuff. And I, I end up using yeah. Messenger a lot to contact other people, like the message service. But yeah. not really, I, I don't find much interest in it anymore. So, um, it's been a dark couple of years. I've joined onto something called Signal and something called Telegram. I, you know, because I got completely paranoid by the power of well, well, not paranoid. Yeah. Anyway, very aware of the great spread. Yeah. These small tech companies. So, oh, big well, you got the Bilderbergs <laughs> over there. You gotta look out. <laughs> I heard about all that, and your queen's a lizard. The last I heard, so. <laughs> oh, she is not. She's okay. I, I just I hear all this gossip. We get these. We had a conspiracy theorist on that, like about that, just a while ago. So you hear all these things. Uh -huh. Wow, you have to wonder why it goes so far sometimes. You know. I know. Well, I know. I know. We all get into our tunnels, don't we, I'm afraid, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well. Uh, I had an attack in the future. I used to go and see her, and she'd tell me new things about the Queen selling Buckingham Palace, running a brothel in the basement. <laughs> <all that. laughs> okay. I find it curious. She does. I, but I wonder, do you... Do you I, I find that very curious because it's it, you know we laugh about all this stuff going on, but this is kind of um, this conspiratorial 
thing that goes on with people. It's gone on for generations. This isn't a brand new thing. We just see it a lot yeah. more with the social media. But I wonder, so do you ever think about adding characters that have that kind of conspiratorial thing in your books? I'm thinking about it right now, actually, yeah. But uh, I do, but I also think, um, I, I, because again, I don't want to, because I've got so many drums to beat, I don't want to beat them because it's boring. And, and, and anyway, my editor will tell me off if I do. <laughs> but I think, well, <laughs> but I think with the conspiracy thing, I, I do think that, you know, anything that nobody can be bothered to think about is automatically uh, dismissed as conspiracy. And so I, I, I don't, uh, and there's lots of things I can't be bothered to think about, but I, I, so I don't want to, it's a kind of a cheap joke, and I think in the mix of all that, there is a, actually, can we all pause and think about what the hell is going on here? So I um, or have some sense that maybe we don't entirely understand it, or it's not all being presented entirely as, as it is. So I, I don't... Uh, I don't know. I, I've got a good joke come cooking with a with one with one um, with one character who's going to go around with a lot of aerosol sprays to keep people from standing too close to each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Know, that's it. <laughs> well, that's that's what I mean. You, you gotta, you know. But I know. But people will take it also as you're taking a stand in a sense. I think. Yeah, and, and it is boring. I mean, and it's boring. It's not what people. Yeah, it's kind of all, it's all going on right now, and you don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so yeah. someone picks up the book. They've never heard of you before, and they so they go well, out and pick up this book. Um, what do you hope they take away from it? Well, I what I hope is they just think, well, this this. Uh, I mean, in America, it's fine. In England. It actually, it describes a world that only a small number of people in England know about anyway, because it's the upper classes. So, but I hope, I mean, the point of it is, and it's like the same reason there you find a novelist that makes you laugh and you think, I can't bear this world, I can't bear anything, I just want to plug out and I want to laugh. So that's what I want, is people who just, who, you know, who are, who are sort of... Just who just want to laugh, and it's not a facile laugh, but who just want to laugh because actually it makes it makes things more bearable. So that really is, you know, just go and have a bath and 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 have a laugh. And I'll try and say anything else English vowel sounds yeah. <laughs> in that sentence. Have a bath and have a laugh. <laughs> well, I, I mean, so so the end of the day, the comedy is is kind of the key element in the book. Yeah, and it's and it and it's supposed to just make it's supposed to cheer people up, make people okay. So there's a I don't know if you've had ever seen a there's a sitcom. Um, there's a guy called Graham Linehan. He's Irish actually, yeah. and there's some sitcom. Have you yeah. heard of him? He wrote The Father Ted, and he wrote something called The IT Crowd. Okay. Anyway, he's a guy, and he's very funny. And I, I before I'd heard about it, I found his comedy on the um, on the book on the TV. And I was feeling incredibly depressed. I can't why life had gone wrong. And uh, it just made me feel, you know, there are people out there who can see it's all absurd and who think it's funny and I'm not alone. And that, I, I know I'm sounding incredibly honest, but I think it is, that's what I want. is Because I know that I find it incredibly comforting when I find there are people out there who, who, can, who, can, who can make it funny. And it's not just gags, but it's just, you know, this appalling <laughs> world that we're in. It is funny as well, and, that, and I suppose to so that, it, 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 at my most sense, that that's what is 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 comfort actually, yeah. comfort for people with a sense of humour. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> so, what influences yeah. you? Like, is it other writers, or is it 
um, comedy in itself? Like, uh, is there something that gives you the uh, energy to do it? Um, I getting, I mean, really teetering on the brink of getting more pretentious, so I mustn't. I think that when I see, when I find novels and 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 sitcoms that make me laugh, that reminds me of what a valuable and useful thing it is uh, that I do if if I succeed. Um, and and I think uh, it's if if you are prone to feeling quite gloomy about the way things are, I find it very comforting, withdrawing and making creating a world that makes me laugh. Um, yeah. So those are, those are the sort of... So with that, but did, did you find it difficult to write during COVID and all that stuff? Was there, is... I did. I found it impossible. Absolutely impossible. In fact, I didn't write. I wrote, I wrote almost nothing. Almost nothing. Uh, oh. I wrote something that was no good at all because it was so depressed and hopeless and, and I stopped. <laughs> read that. Did someone read that? They so, slit yeah. their wrists after they read it. <laughs> Well, I was wanting to say I was reading it. So. <laughs> well, that's not good. No, but... <laughs> that's really good. So, yeah. so really react well, I guess, in the writing sense when there's a lot of stress going on around or problems like that? Oh, restrictions. I think it's restrictions. I think, you know, it's... I, I, I've always... I've, I've got uh, three children, and, well, they're now a little bit bigger, but I used, I've always, for years, gone away somewhere to write just to sort of... Uh, and obviously I couldn't do that, but, I, but the... Um, uh, uh, I can't... Well, again, I'm gabbling so much drivel, I can't actually remember what the question was, but the general gist of it is uh, I agree with myself. <laughs> So what's next um, after after you finish the Crypt series? What are you going to go on to? You said like historical fiction or something? No, I think. Well, I see if I see if this one has legs, or if I, I might get bored of it after three. But I don't think so. I'm quite quite pleased to be back with it now after the. Uh, uh, and otherwise, I have a sort of non-fiction idea that I might do. Uh, uh, I I never I never seem so far I never seem to run out of ideas when I need them. That that. But I think at the moment I'm trying to, I'm going to try and knuckle down and write this, um, this total, this total murder story, and then see what what pings up in my brain after that. I mean, but then again, you know, publishing's changed so much. Mm. See if I can, if if I if the rules are so strict and I can't make any jokes anymore, I might just, you know, become um, a dancer. Just, I can, <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering when you're when you're uh, done writing for the day or. In between writing books, do you have a way to relax and recharge and rejuvenate? Yeah, I did do a lot of sport. I played a lot of tennis, I did a lot of yoga. I just qualified as a yoga teacher. Oh, wow. That was my response to the COVID lockdown, actually. <laughs> uh, I go running. I do a lot of sport. Uh, not nearly as much chatting as I used to. Um, I've got quite a big family. Um, sport, I suppose. Yeah. Great. A lot of sport. So, so now that you've eliminated yourself from all of the social media, is there any way people can get a hold of you, or do you have a website? Or? <laughs> Sorry. No, <laughs> <laughs> no boarding out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got my name. It's daisywood.com. I've got a website, and I've got... Uh, I'm still on Twitter, but, you know, it's, it's all... I, I, I really... It's like a bad... Um, addictions, and I've got, I've got at the moment it's getting is a bit better than usual. Just don't go on yeah. it. But 
Well, when I say that, I do. I go on it every day, but I go on it less than I do. So, you know, this isn't really a person. This is we're talking to. You, you can't exist if you don't have social media. No real person does, is. That doesn't happen. I oh, know. I think it might again. Do you think? It might. I think people. I'm optimistic. My children, well, the ones of 20, one's 24, one's 21, they're pretty sick of it all. I think maybe. Maybe, maybe people will just think, you know what, this is not very rewarding. This isn't, you never know. Maybe people will get a little bit. No, I think they will. I think it's it's like anything. It's a big novelty and it's a big crush. And then Mm. there's um, people, you know, over a period of time, you've got to start living some real life. Yeah, yeah. And I think that hits as people get older. So I think you'll see changes in it. But I think it'll still be around just, just differently, you know. Less, yeah. less yeah. people's eating, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, more, more dinner plates, uh, you know, being flashed Little around. You know? Everyone's living the good life on the computer, but uh, you know, right, at exactly. home having beans and, 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 <laughs> and nothing, nothing really going on. Their faces fall yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. this is like their hair is a mess if they have hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't look like. Kim Kardashian yeah. naturally, right? No, like, you know, come on. Yeah. It's a lot of surgery yeah. there. So, yeah. well, it's been interesting. It's been a lot of fun. So now, um, of course, uh, the book you need to go out and buy is called yes. "In the Crypt with the Can with a Candlestick," and uh, yeah. just look for the author Daisy Wah, as we say in the Yankee <laughs> land, and. Um, and it'll be up on our website as well, so people listening can do one click and you can pick up the book. And uh, if you see it under Castle Beardsley, it's okay. It's the right book. Don't worry about it. Just buy it. So I want to thank our guest, Ed Daisy Waugh, for being here. Thank you very much. That was great. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Daisy. Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.